Deposit your belongings in the receptacle. Oh, you again. Let our guest in, Chive. You'll have to give us a story eventually, sir, madam. Thing. The Chive Hive operates inside of a time bubble. The interior forever frozen in 1920. The doors existing in all eras. Forces a strict no currency exchange policy. Cash, like bodies, leaves quite the messy trail. No sales or monetary transactions of any kind are permitted inside the Jive Hive, lest a middle brow detective catch wind. Oh, look, there's a new patron. Episode 2, The Merchant of Venison. Hello, soy. I am Abner. May I have admittance into your establishment? It is awfully cold out here. Place your belongings, hag. Uh, excuse me, madam. That is a rather intriguing... Uh, bicycle? Cart? <laughs> Sixty-foist deer I killed. What masterful construction! Is that an osseous drive train and gearbox? Wow! I built the transmission from sanded pieces of deer hoof stuck together with real deer bone glue. And the chain comes from the double tan sinew. It's completely eco-friendly! Unless you're a deer. See? Every deer. And I make things from every deer I killed. All my possessions are handmade by myself from the parts of every deer I killed. Well, since the 76th deer I killed, I disguised the first 73 deer I killed as roadkill. But I found I could make a fine living selling deer accessories made from the deer I killed. I started with simple deer bone utensils, forks, knives. This was deer 76 through deer 83. Then I moved on to tan deer skin shorts and moccasins, deer 84 through 97. Except maybe Deer 94. I made a failed Deer Joiky experiment with Deer 94. My Deer Bone Dehydrated did not properly dehydrate the Deer Meat, and it putrefied. I did not perfect the Deer of Electroconductors until the 784 Deer I killed. I retrofitted my Deer Bone Bike with a renewable Deer Hoof electric motor from the 784th beer I killed, and began incorporating beer circuits into my constructions right after that discovery. And I made an unfortunately unpopular deer beer from the putrefied joiky meat. Well, at least the dehydrator made for a 
proper fermentation vat. I loves me a deer beer. <laughs> 94 was the special deer I killed in from there. Yes, yes, hurry up and get inside. We have some uninvited guests. In with you, madam. You know I sell accessories made from the deer I killed. I can make you a dandy deer bone cane soy. My wares are always reasonably priced. You will sell nothing inside my hive, lady. So much as a think of exchange, and I will have chives deposit you on the street. Sorry, where can I get a beverage to warm these old bones? Well, my as in Abner's bones, not the bones of the deer in my wares. They're getting kind of old. Um, you'll need to get on stage and give us your story, madam. The bartender will then present you with a drink. Well, I, uh, I have a terrible fear crowd, so I, 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 no way I can keep, there was this deer before, so I, I vowed to kill every deer, and I, so I can't go up there. No exceptions, madam. You may bake thyself by the fire as long as you like, but no story, no drink. No exceptions. Oh, come off, it's chives. I like this woman's spunk. You may tell your story to the bartender. Chives will entertain our guests. Oh, entertain, master. Tap dance, Chives. How'd you get here, my dear dear? I killed my 360th deer when this big buck wandered into the parking lot. From the very beginning, darling doe, I want to know what keeps you from the stage and why you're dressed like a bumpkin shaman. It started back when I was a little girl. I had a date. Can you believe it? Little old me, a date? 
Well, you might look like a human beneath those servid rags, lady. Oh, stop. You're making me blush. Now, where was I? The foist deer you killed. Oh, yeah. The foist deer I killed. I was asked out on a date. My handsome fella took me to a cabaret. Kinda like this one, but without all the weird mood lights and discriminatory policies against antler salesmen. Wow! The singer was doing a slow rendition of uh, Unforgettable by Nat King Cole in Oh Did We Dance. And then he walked me to my car. It was a rusty cavalier and asked me on a second date. Can you believe it? Little me, a second date? Wow! I was ecstatic. My cavalier flew home. And that was quite a feat, given the weight of the car in the lightly raining weather. Sure you weren't hydroplaning there? I like to think it was magic that lifted my wheels. I don't even remember the drive. It was like my whole world was suddenly filled with pink mist, bubbles, and rainbows. Now, this euphoria lasted the duration of my flight, which was considerable being that I lived in the rural part of town, a good hour from the nearest municipality. I glanced at my dash and noticed it was 12.57 a.m. I usually went to bed at 7.23 p.m., and I was overcome with soft fatigue when I noticed the time. Well, I closed my eyes for just a second. I knew this road like the back of my hand, as it was the only road into and out of my town. And there I saw nothing lived in the woods on account of the traffic being the only road into or out of my town, charging at me. And it was in the middle of summer, a deer! Barreling down in all unseasonal majesty, devil in his eyes, hooves splopping wet pavement like a torrent, a plummeting bowling balls, gore hanging from his velvet-covered antlers, pointed right at me, like you were challenging my car. I could almost hear his thoughts. This is my path. I shall claim it with this my body thrown at your hull and forever revenge the fallen trees from man's onslaught with blood and bones. Only one of us will leave this path. I say almost because deer don't think you know. I tried to swipe, but the deer moved into my path. I closed my eyes and braced better impact. And it came. But not like I expected. Common physics suggests a hundred pound meat bag should lose to a thousand pound cavalier traveling at 86 miles per hour. You would think splat. The dad ducked his head and caught my passenger side headlight, lifted my cavalier off the ground and flung it. It flipped upside down and crashed into a ditch yards down. I balled up under the dashes and landed. It was in the air an awful long time. I only survived because the road was along a convoited swamp and soggy ground softened the impact. The car buried itself up to the door handles. Or rather under, because it was upside down, you know, in the mud. I panicked and clawed my way out from the mud. I could smell gasoline as I dug. 
as I stood up and stumbled to the road. My car exploded. Boom! Louder than a blast, I heard the deer stomping his hooves and snorting. I saw fire from my killed car reflecting in his cold, dark eyes and could almost feel the deer's hatred reach out and crush my innocent little soul. I say almost because, of course, deer don't have feelings of hatred and revenge or feelings at all. Then he charged at me! And then something inside me snapped. I had just paid off my car. I inherited the loan from my mother who died in a car crash when I was six years old. It was a fix-up. And I recycled soda cans for a living. Wow! I just had a wonderful day. I was going to have a second date. And this murderous little forest rat wrote it on me. Wrote it all! I rolled away just in time and could see sparks where his hooves hit the pavement. I picked up a burning piece of the car. I think it was an axle. But as to how metal could point, I has no idea, son. I jumped up and yelled at the deer. You stupid deer! You wrote my night! You wrote my life! And I'm gonna root you! The deer charged at me again, and I took my stance like a vengeant DiMaggio and swung at the deer. My axle back connected with its antlers and bent into a U-shape. The deer was unharmed, but looked surprised at being challenged by a little old me. He pointed around and pranced off into the forest, his home toy. I chased the deer into the thicket. His hooves kicked up clumps of doit and shredded dry leaves. They cut through the air like bullets, slicing my cheeks as they flew by. That's how I got this scar over here. Truly charming. into the deep of the forest, dodging leaf bullets and deutsch shrapnel. The deer leapt, bounding 20 feet at least every interval. Steam rose from my pumping muscles as I struggled to close in on the deer. I chased the deer to a ravine. At you, I yelled at the deer, but then he reared up and soared over the chasm. Wow! I punched my shrieking and steaming quads. Preemptive punishment should they fail to catch me dead. And I leapt over the pit so hard I flung myself that I caught the deer as it sailed over and I tackled it straight into the watery bowels of the ravine. I dug my fingers into its neck and the deer snorted and spat and drooled corrosive saliva at me. That's how I got these scars on my hands, you know, acidic uh, deer troll. Did you know that deer troll acid? No, miss, I did not know that. Well, they do. The deer used my acid point surprise to buck me off, and I flipped and rebounded off the steep rock walls of the ravine. Wow! The deer growled and hawked up a fireball at me. Did you know deer vomit up fireballs, sir? Miss, I did not know that either. Well, they do. Fortunately, I had my bat axle slung over my shoulder, and I drooped it, and I cut the deer vomit fireball in two, and it sailed true in two halves. But the 
heat from the fireball set my axle on fire. Do you know what the boiling point of Otto Great Steel is, Sai? No, but I'm sure I'll be enlightened. Well, it boils at 1200 degrees Celsius, Sai. This deer was a verifiable, smeltering hell beast. The heat from the fireball made my axle bendable again, so I bent it and caught the deer's neck in it. Fights the axle around the deer, strangling it. It bucked and frothed acid and sprayed fire at me, but I hung on to see. I was going to make it the first deer I killed, even if it killed me first. The deer hawked up a final fireball that hit the river and set the very liquid ablaze. Did you know the boiling point of water? Burning, no, but I know that it boils. It doesn't, except to make the deer flames. What? It choked and sputtered and melted a few rocks with its acid saliva, and I thought I could hear the meaning in the deer's death rattle and the collective wailing of every fur creature on a besmutted rock arc evicted and continuously repossessed by a voyeuristic longing from every captive backyard. Almost because, of course, they have no concept of uh, existential angst and the futility of struggle. And uh, that was the story of how I killed the very first deer I killed. The other 10,949 deer I killed were much the same with the fire breathing and destructive tendencies and whatnot. Deer are dangerous, Mr. Bartender. That does sound like a fascinating story, my dear. But I believe the price of a drink is only one story, and you have more than obliged. What say we save the, uh, deer cleats for another night? Yeah, eat a bartender. Okay, I don't suppose as you have any uh, deer blood moonshine, do you? <laughs> uh, no. You see, you don't order a drink here at the Jive Hive. Rather, a drink is... I guess you can say it's bestowed upon you. You see, the master wants to ensure that every patron receives the drink that they, well, that they deserve. And I give you a deer hunter cocktail. Oh, a deer hunter, eh? I wonder if it's made from the blood of anyone I know. Unlikely. I'll let my assistants explain the ingredients. Oh, assistants, come to me.
skull mug. And I happen to have authentic deer skull mugs harvested from the 936th through 72nd deer I killed. I'll even give you a special bulk discount price. Quiet, you! I told Abner, no monetary transactions of any kind! Taves, remove this woman from my hive! Nyaw! <laughs> Out with you! Sorry! I gotta make my living too! I need to ask you some questions about your bike. Is that bone chassis street legal? <laughs> Come to think of it, the Game Commission put out a bulletin about a lunatic driving a deer bone motorbike. Thousands of deer carcasses found without proper tags. Miss, I'm gonna need you to come in for questioning. You don't have to catch me first. Damn it, man.
Sure. 